This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. It is Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports Station on 710. And Dave, I remember a few years ago and talking about the Seahawks and talking about clutch moments and just great hands and everything. There was one player that was on this roster for a bit that felt like every catch was a crucial third down catch. And we just marveled at some of those catches. And now he's you fast forward. He's a member of the Seattle Sea Dragons, and he is with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is Josh Gordon. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're we're good. We we appreciate you doing this. And and how strange is it that you you spent a little bit of time with the Seahawks? You you went to some different spots, but now you're representing another Seattle franchise for with the Sea Dragons. What's what's it feel like? Does it feel like coming home at all? Yeah. Home is I'm right here, home in Texas, you know. But uh, yeah, no, home is uh, home is where the heart is, man. I guess you know what I mean. And my heart is my heart has always been in Seattle. Nothing since I got there, and uh, got to see the place and uh, and meet the people. And uh, John Schneider, they, they've been a you know class act, and, and as well as the people there in the city. So it's been great, great. They're getting to know the community. What, what's motivating you, your, your journey to uh, the Sea Dragons, but you know, you, you just, it seems like you love football. Is that, uh, is that really uh, something that you're, you're just driven by your love of the game? Yeah, I think um, that and just, uh, I think me being able to do it still, um, there's a practicality of it for me right now. I mean, I love the game for sure. You know, absolutely. Uh, and then the love only gets you but so far. And then beyond past that, you know, it's just reality. So, I mean, uh, at my age, I'm still able to do it, and I'm blessed to do it. So it makes the most sense to just go out there go out there, and, uh, and give it 100, 110% and, uh, until, until I can't anymore, you know. I've been blessed with this opportunity, and I hope to make the most of it here in Seattle again. So, Josh, do you look at this as sort of a springboard back to the NFL? Is that the goal, or are you just looking at it as, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and have fun, and if I find my way back to the NFL, great. If not, you're okay with that." Or what's what's how do you view this opportunity? Yeah, no, it's I really can't control that that aspect of it. You know, uh, if, if something opens up, great. You know, if not, you know that it's meant to be. If not, you know that's okay too. So. Uh, you know, I got the platform that I got, and I'll be able to just, uh, I guess, use it use it to its fullest extent, you know, whether it's in the league or out of the league. You know, it's just based upon uh, a necessity, you know, and availability. You know, if I'm available and they need me, you know, um, they, maybe they give me a call. We'll see. Josh, you sound like a football lifer. Uh, any, uh, do you think, is that something that you would want to continue? I don't want to talk about the after your career because you're you're in it right now. But as far as uh, you know, coaching or scouting or whatever, it seems like you you really like we mentioned earlier, love the game. Is you see something like that in your future? Um, yeah, like I like, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I got a lot of I think to uh, to impart uh, from the game experience wise, and uh, yeah, yeah, I believe. Uh, I think naturally, I think eventually life will probably bring me to that point, you know, uh, whether it's coaching, I'm not sure, but I'm not, I'm not close minded to it. So, I mean, when that, if that opportunity presents itself, you know, um, maybe when I'm done, for sure, you know, maybe there's something to look at. But right now, my leg's still kicking, 
you know, my hand's still working, you know, so it's tough to find, I guess, you know, anybody still under the age or, uh, 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 what, 25 or so that can run with me. So, I mean, I'm all right for it now. <laughs> I like it. Hey, hey, as, as far as, and I don't know how much you've gone through, you know, at the XFL level in terms of practice or getting a sense of the talent around you or the talent you'll be facing. Have you, have you had a chance? Do you have a sense of, of how different it may be from facing the, the NFL level talent? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's noticeable, it's noticeable, I think, just to, to, uh, to a certain extent, but I mean, for the most part, from, from the uh, playmaking standpoint, not much of a drop off. I mean, you got obviously you talking the difference of elite quarterbacks to startup guys, you know, at every at every position, pretty much. Um, but at the same time, I do believe uh, we're going to surprise a lot of people who just the uh, amount of skill that uh, that isn't in the NFL that that aren't a household name. So. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people will step away from this with a, with a different outlook at XFL and a change, a change perspective, and hopefully a lot of the players end up with different opportunities, um, more opportunities in the NFL or whatever. They might not even need to go to the NFL, you know, so hopefully the XFL can bridge some type of gap for them as a development league or something else. Hey, Josh, did, uh, do, do you know many players down there or coaches um, with all the, the teams you've, you've been with in the past? And I know it's like that in the NFL. It's like somebody always knows someone from, you know, another team or another experience. But as far as your team goes, uh, teammates or, or coaches that you've been with before? Um, I have not been. I've been with a few, a few guys here. Yeah, a few guys here. I've done uh, several training camps with them in the past. And they've been free uh, agents like myself. Passed around from team to team. Uh, this coaching staff, Coach June Jones um, and Ron Zook, uh, Coach Jim Hasler. Actually, I got the I didn't get to work with Coach Hasler in Tennessee. He was gone before I got there with Coach Rabel, but he was uh, he was there in uh, Nashville. I guess he, he said he got to uh, see me run around a little bit in Nashville. So mm-hmm. um, that's their connection right there. I guess you know Coach Hasler. He's a, he's a great guy and. Uh, excited about defense so i think seattle should like him a lot hey is as far as like preparation and everything this feels like it, it's very condensed that it, it happens quickly that you you're out there in texas every team's out there in texas which is is different and then you i guess fly out for your games how does how does that compare to what you've been used to at the nfl level just the preparation and the amount of time that you have in you know we're so used to mini camps and otas and training camps it seems radically different for the XFL, no? No, it's definitely different. It's a uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely different. Um, the 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 schedule and everything, top to bottom, for sure. Um, traveling, um, staying at a hotel with multiple teams right now. The training camp is different. The structure, the teams, the rules. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's similar from a football standpoint. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the infrastructure standpoint, I think it's it's definitely it's got its it's got its uh it's got its kinks to it. You know, um, luckily I'm not on that side, the administrative side, <laughs> um, and just got to worry about catching footballs. You know, but but uh, they they kept it relatively easy, I think, for for us uh, uh, transitioning from NFL or from college football into the XFL rules. 
Hey, Josh, uh, Bob mentioned a couple of times, like I remember the Monday night game in, uh, against San Francisco. You had some key catches in that game. The one that stood out to me was the one in Carolina. You, you caught a deep pass, and I swear you caught the back half of that football. But uh, is a, you know, as far as the, the, the highlights go, uh, is there anything that, that really stood out to you that was a, a play that you made in Seattle that, uh, that you were particularly proud of? Um, I, I, I remember the, the play you're talking about. Yeah, that was probably it. That was probably that was the that last one. Uh, luckily, luckily, I had a quarterback that could get it out there. Russell, yeah, Russell threw a dot. Um, he's probably you know still one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, my guy Russ, man, and I'm luckily luckily enough he just he just uh, he, he trusted me enough to, to throw it out there and. Uh, I was in shape, you know. I'm still in shape now, but uh, I think I'm in better shape now. But <laughs> I was in shape enough to go out there and get the ball, man. So as long as I'm healthy, I can go and get it. I'm still about a four three or so, so I'll be all right. Wow. Hey, Josh. At this point in your career, do you feel like you still are trying to prove anything, or you know, obviously, you know, off the field is well documented and the starts and stops in your career. So is there is there a, an element of hey, I want to show people what I'm capable of still, or maybe you want to prove it to yourself, or how, how do you view this portion of your career? I mean, I think at this part of my career, sure, I think there's a lot left to prove. I think to myself, most importantly, just as I'm uh, physically. You know, there's feats that uh, are still out there for me to to do um, in, in the in the football space, and then uh, and then I think uh, you know, t- to my I think that there's any any fans supporters of myself that's been looking and following me my entire career. I mean, I think they deserve to see the best version of myself on the football field, whether it's XFL or wherever. You know, so that's what I plan on doing is giving them a uh, a showing of uh, of the best version of me in football. You know, and uh, I think that'll be here this this February coming up. Well, Josh, we uh, did got a chance to get to know you just a little bit, but uh, what are some of the things taking place in your life uh, off the field that uh, that you're particularly uh, proud of, or anything that you uh, that you have going on as far as family things like that? What do you like to do? Tell us about you. Well, it's been hectic. It's been hectic the past couple of months. Been doing a lot of traveling, and, and unfortunately, in this uh, stuck in a hotel for training camp. Um, but outside of, outside of that, I mean, I'll be on. I mean, I'll be on. Obviously, spending time with the family if I can. If I can get back home to Houston um, to see my mom and my brother, I, I would love to. Uh, or they get the chance to come out and see me. Other than that, I'll be inside the house, uh, binge watching some TV series on, or something like that. Man, I'm playing some video games. To be honest, right now, and the weather hasn't been too great the past couple of days. But you know, so. I couldn't give you a best case scenario what's off the field looking like, but the future, I, I think there's a lot, a lot in store for the future, uh, whether it's in Seattle, Dallas with XFL or the NFL, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm be glad to be a part of it as an ambassador to the game of football uh, or just in life in general, uh, wherever uh, uh, my need, you know, may be required. So I'll be on the lookout for that. All right, Josh, I need something to binge watch because uh, I've done Vikings and a bunch of other different series. What are you watching? What's good? I would say it depends on what platform you're on, that's for sure, and it depends on what you're into. Oh, uh, man, because it can go for as well. If you're into Disney Plus and you love Star Wars, I would say go watch the Andor series or something like that. You know? uh, gotcha. So you, I'm sure you already watched Mandalorian or something, so... 
Yeah, he's a huge fan of Mandalorian. <laughs> he won't stop talking about it, Josh. I can't tell. I can't get him to shut up about oh, Mandalorian. I have not seen that one, Josh. Yeah, I mean, hey. <laughs> okay, the Andor. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good one. It's a good one, man. I'll it's take your advice. Andor is it's dope. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, too. Josh, we, we appreciate the time. We we wish you the best in the XFL. Hopefully you find your way back to the NFL. It'd be a great story. But uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out there with the Sea Dragons. Thanks so much, man. Thank you guys as well. Be safe. Be safe. Thank you guys. There you go. There's Josh Gordon, who's a member of the Seattle Sea Dragons. And they all – it's such a unique thing they've got going on where they all train in – where is it? Austin? Uh, no, Dallas area. So Dallas area? Primarily around Arlington. But they have all the teams there. There's yes. like one. It's not like each team has their own facility like in the NFL. The entire league practices in one. They call it the hub, actually. The oh. XFL hub. They've been oh. talking you know about. where it's at? Like, have you seen what it looks like or anything? Well, it's in Arlington. But, I mean, it's spread all over. It's not like a built-for thing. Like, they're staying in hotels around the city. They're right. practicing primarily at the Rangers' old ballpark. I'm sure they But all the teams practice there, right? No, they're not all practicing the same, but they're all practicing the same city, the same, same city. area. Like yes. Dallas Metroplex has so many facilities. So okay. they're referring to the whole general Community concept there. of it as the XFL hub. It's just interesting that that's going to be like the base and they'll fly out from there to their games. Yeah, I was, I, I'm glad you cleared that up. I was uh, picturing that there was one field and they had different practice times. They all come from a different building. Well, there's only what, into... eight? How many teams are there? Because that would be feasible. It's not like the NFL. Ten, eight. I think it's eight or t- – yeah, you don't have many teams. So what you're saying, Davis, is not outrageous. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the level of excitement is for the product. You know, you've got new backers eight. behind it. Eight teams? Eight teams. Yeah. Eight teams, yeah. Yeah, well, and just getting back to, to Josh Gordon, he may have had one of the most impressive seasons in NFL history, uh, and here's why. You look at – he got 1,646 yards, which led the league, nine touchdowns. He averaged 117 receiving yards per game. That was his second uh, year in the league, right? However, yeah. However, he caught passes from Jason Campbell, yeah. Brandon Whedon, and yeah. Brian Hoyer. Oh, we thought Tim Couch might be in that mix. Yeah, that's right. You said Couch. I was sure you were right. Uh, I threw Whedon in there. He was another guy that was old for a rookie. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember Jason Campbell played the, the majority. He, and, he was a first-round pick, I think, for Washington, wasn't he? But, yeah, Brandon Whedon was 53% that year. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> he was 53 years old. Percenting. Yeah, it probably was. Nine, inter, <laughs> nine interceptions, nine touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, and, and eight interceptions for Jason Campbell. So my point just being that he caught it from a lot of different quarterbacks. And, you know, you mentioned – First of all, he's an easy guy to like. I mean, I know he got in trouble, but he's just a very mild-mannered guy and kind of a sweetheart of a guy and just couldn't keep himself, you know, out of out of trouble. And so, I admire the fact that at at this age that he's he's going that way and it's it's kind of nice that you don't have to go to Canada, right? Yeah. I wonder yeah. if I would have, you know, my 10th year, I don't know, maybe I would have gone and and played for you know, for a, a team that was in the NFL, I mean, going to the Canadian Football League just seemed like such a, like it wasn't even, I didn't even think about it. But now for guys that want to develop something other than college, um, you know, this is uh, this is the best thing, I think, for the, for the NFL right now. And, you know, here, here's the other thing. Um, I think for other 
I mean, obviously every other sport has like the, I call it pony league or farm system or whatever. But, you know, one of the things about football is you you need reps. You have to you have to go out and actually play football to get better at it. You can do a whole bunch of things like the the running and the lifting and seven on seven and stuff like that. But really, to develop, you really have to just play. You need, you need somewhere, and it takes. It's you can't just throw together a pickup game, right? Mm-hmm. With 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 ten guys playing, you know, basketball or whatever. You got to have, you know, the, for offensive linemen. How do you simulate that? So, you know, that I think that's where it's it's been missing for a while and hopefully they they do well and they make money because I think it's a it's a good I think it'll be a good story in the NFL that they have guys that washed out or whatever guys like Jordan uh Gordon and that you know he was able to to go somewhere and repair his game he said he ran a 4-3. I mean, I don't I don't know who's Maybe his brother was timing him or something like that. Maybe but. he was holding the stopwatch in his hand and yeah. clicked it after five yards. I don't know. <laughs> he said he felt like he felt like he uh, he's as fast as he's ever been. So we'll yeah, see. I, you know, I root for the guy. He was always even when he was in trouble. He wasn't. You never heard anything about him being a problem in the in the locker room. That he was he was self destructive. His problems right. really impacted him, and certainly it impacts the team. But he wasn't sure. He wasn't Antonio Brown. He didn't he, hurt other people. No, no. He hurt himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he was, if, if you want to, you know, call it a victimless crime, if you will, he was the victim in this. He wasn't yeah. out there, you know, doing, again, Antonio Brown would be the the antithesis of that. So he he's he was a guy who the teammates loved him. I remember them talking about him here. Everybody seemed to love him. He's just, you know, he's dealing with a disease. He, he's dealing with something that he's mm-hmm. had a hard time, obviously, throughout his career controlling and and, uh, you know, to this point, well, hopefully he can find a way to, to get back into the NFL, even if it's for a year or two. He's the fact that he's only 31. I just I feel like we've been hearing his name forever. I, I thought, yeah, he's probably 34, going to be 35, something like that. But, yeah, so he's sounds like he's still in good. We'll see. He's going to be playing for this team. So we'll get a clear picture of what he looks like. And, and more importantly, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the talent level's like. He's used to the NFL level of talent. So does this feel easy to him? Is it is it dramatically different to where he's out there going, oh, man, I'm just going to cook this guy. They got covering me or the guy guarding me. Yeah. Is, is this going to be – I'm going to make him a victim out here. Yeah, I think he was 21 when he started, when he started playing. That's probably why because he came out in the supplemental draft. He was mm-hmm. a second-round pick. and um, So, yeah, that's why it seems like he's been around here forever. He has been around for, forever, but he did – he did uh, start at a very early age, so yeah. I, I like I said, I'm, I think he's really easy to root for. Um, super talented. That would be a pretty amazing story. We were talking about storylines, and you know, and I remember Colin Coward was saying how Gino is a is a good story, and that's all it is. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I mean, a, a good story. I think this year you had Gino Smith, you had Brock Purdy. It's a great story. It really I don't, is. I don't, what, what else would it be? What it. What's his distinction? I don't know what he's yeah, trying I don't to know. say. I don't know what the That's all it is. is. Well, okay. Yeah, you're well, right. Th- it's a great story. <laughs> I think he was, to use one of our texter's uh, words, uh, poo-pooing. Any, uh, <laughs> poo-pooing any, anything that Pete, Pete Carroll did. I think that's what it was. It was, you know, and I think he gets fed a lot of uh, stuff from Russ's agent, Russell Wilson. And so, you know, he, he's been very negative about Pete. Oh, mm. he's too old. Remember, he was on top of that. I mean, yeah, yeah. That one year they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Pete's too old, of course. So I think that's where, 
you know, wh- why he was was talking about, well, it's just a story. You know, like Pete doesn't have anything to do with it. Why does he have to poo-poo everything? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, if XFL, because Pete is the ultimate second chance guy. We talked about that a little bit yesterday that, you know, he he loves to give guys a second chance and invest in somebody. Now, I think it's very rewarding to Pete, but like if you gave a guy like Gino the the chance that he gave him and he had the year that he had, I think you would you'd really love that. You'd love that feeling that oh, yeah. that Pete has. And well, so, Pete's had it a number of times in different variations whether you want to talk about Marshawn, whether you want to yeah. talk about bringing in a young guy with baggage and Bruce or, you know, you could go down the list of people he's brought in, some that didn't make it. He brought in, you know, Lendale White, didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Kellen Winslow Jr. was here for a hot second. That guy turned out to be an awful person, but he was he's yeah. he's had people, he's Terrell Owens. I mean, he's had guys that have been looked at as, as incredible negatives for different reasons, all of them different, but given them opportunities to show what they could do at this level. And some have worked, some haven't. Well, and it's easier, much, much, much easier to get behind somebody who, as you said, is, you know, the, he hurt himself. That's yeah. it. He didn't hurt any other people. No, you know, domestic violence, uh, nothing like that. It was just more that he kept getting getting caught with, uh, with the, the drugs, right? That yeah. was the big deal. Do you think, uh, I would love to see the XFL succeed and not, and because I'm a huge fan and I can't, I'll watch it. I'm not... You know, over the moon about I can't wait, but I think it'd be an awesome, you know, sort of developmental league for the NFL because right now it's college. Mm -hmm. Right now that's so this could be that nice in between for some of these guys that are coming out of college that aren't probably ready at that moment. This is a nice landing spot. Get some reps. The talent's a little bit better, I would assume, whether it's older guys that used to be in the NFL like Josh Gordon that are playing there or you know, predominantly college kids that aren't quite ready to make that next step, that it could be a nice, you know, sort of development spot for the NFL and for these guys to give them a chance at a career rather than jumping to the next level yeah. and washing out. Well, and real quick, Godwin Iguibuque yeah. uh, is a guy that I went through my notes and looked, man, before the pandemic. I mean, he was a, he was playing defensive back. He was a safety, and he played really well, and we featured him a couple of times. I did a little football one-on-one thing on him, and now he's a returner, and, you know, I think he could play running back probably. So, yeah, it, that's that's one guy that from that very brief XFL season that you know is uh, is a good example that you know maybe in the next 10 years we're talking about yep guy came from the xfl you know washed out of the nfl went there honed his skills got his game right came back yeah could be a great thing all right uh if you missed any of our conversation with josh gordon it will be available on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com coming up uh, there's one idea out there about what the Mariners will do with Jared Kelnick. We'll let you hear about that. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. We haven't had a chance to talk any baseball today, Dave. It's right around the corner, by yeah. God. We'll be out at spring training before we know it. It's How fun is this? I mean, whenever I, I I used to dread the Mariner topics. Really? Well, I mean, come yeah, on. there there was a lot less enthusiasm about them in previous seasons, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's no, it's 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 more fun not just because they're they're winning. It's just because what they have going on. It's just such a happier place, man. I mean, going over to those to the the media day, and that place was packed. Like yeah. there was a ton yeah. of media there. I mean, it was standing room, and you know that. 
to, to me, just shows a lot about, you know, the excitement and the anticipation and everything. And, and then I just, you know, <laughs> that day we, we had Scott Service was there and we had talked to him earlier. You get Jerry DePoto, John Stanton. Mm-hmm. We talked to Cal Raleigh. I mean, just this, this franchise is just going straight up. Well, I, and everybody's really easy to root for. Yeah. Right. There's nobody. Especially sometimes, sometimes behind the scenes, we'll talk to people, whether they're in management or they're on the team where you go, all right, I don't love that guy, but yeah, plays for the team I root for and that we cover. So, right. You, you end up, you want them to do well, but they're not your favorite. This, this situation with the Mariners, I can't think of anybody I look at and go, yeah, not my favorite guy. Yeah. No, they're all very cool. Uh, all the media people, all everybody, you know, under Tim Heavily and, and, and that umbrella. It's just, it's just a great group of people, and the players reflect that as well. So far, everybody we've talked to now, some of the new guys we haven't had, we haven't spoken with Teoscar yet, but hearing him sounds like a great guy. We talked to Colton Wong, couldn't have been nicer. You know, just seemed grounded and and like mm-hmm. normal everyday guys. So yeah, they just make it very easy to get excited about and root for them. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that the the whole time you were you were saying that I was thinking about my conversation with uh, John Stanton, and John Stanton will come out there like just every other regular guy and sit there and watch our our radio show. And yeah, he's not afraid to bust our chops or lots of or mine. Lots of times, <laughs> Bob. I'm telling you, I was I was impressed, man. You took it, you took it like a champ. Bob was complaining. I didn't cry. I no, didn't shed any tears. You didn't get you know bow up your chest or anything it was just kind of eh, well okay you, uh, you wore it you yeah. wore it but um no i mean they obviously they see the passion that yeah. you have for this team so that's that's really where it, where it came from i think everybody understands that but uh no you're right it's uh, yeah every once in a while you yeah i heard this guy's kind of a jerk and you know these guys don't get along and then there's this one guy that not really any of that. Not, not not that I've seen with this group. This is yeah. This is it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's a obviously a ton of expectation that's, that comes with this season. That but that's good. There, I think of how many seasons we've gone into or spring trainings where it's it's not expectation. It's hope. We're hoping. Eh, I hope they can do something rather than oh they should. And, and if they don't, it'll be a surprise and a disappointment because they're. Their roster is is such that you expect it. There's a difference between hoping for something and it's expecting it. And I think the Mariners and the, and and Jerry and John Stanton, all those people are are happy. Yeah, there's a different pressure that comes with it, but I think they're happy that they're in the position where the fan base now expects this level of success because that speaks to what they what they've built up over the past couple of years. You're starting to see it come to fruition, and it. And it- it's going to be fun, and it can be it can be difficult, right? But that's exactly what you want. Being yeah. in a position where you you expect to win. Yeah, yeah. You do, the, the, what they didn't want was what they had for a number of years: apathy. People going, yeah. Whatever. That's the worst thing they say. You know what? Love, hate, yeah. apathy is the worst. You don't. You really don't care. And and then you know the conviction at the end of the year. And I remember that very clearly when we were down. Uh, I think with the. Uh, we were doing the Thursday show after the huddle down at the VMAC, and it was Perry Hill. Um, I think one of the players came out and said, we're going to the playoffs because yeah. it was still up in the air. And there were very – Perry Hill especially was was very adamant about the fact that this team is going to the playoffs. That's exactly what – and that mindset, you could tell, it wasn't like he was convincing himself. Yeah. He, he knew. Yep. And, and it just – it's it's – yeah, it, it's it's fun to watch. It's satisfying to watch as 
you know, everybody we're speaking to, long-suffering Mariner fans, we've all been on this ride together. And it is, it's been bumpy, to say the least, for a number of years. And the last two years have been very satisfying. You just want you want more. You just want more. And for it to continue. And we've talked about a specific player more than probably just about any, and that'd be Jared Kelnick. There's just a ton of conversation about him. He's very polarizing mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know if people get mad because he hasn't lived up to the hype that he, you know, we were talking about LeBron and all the hype that he came in with. And, you know, Kelnick didn't have that level of hype, but there was a lot. There was a lot. There's a lot of expectation that comes with him. And to this point, we haven't seen it. We've seen it in bits and pieces, more offensively. Defensively, he's been very good. Offensively, it's been really, really inconsistent. So you look at it, and we've talked about how many problems he could solve if he just became a consistent producer. Doesn't have to be a superstar, but just be that guy who's not the hole in the lineup. Yeah. Do you remember when all the expectations started with him? Well, it started in New York. Yeah. Yeah, because he was, he was part of their system. And then he came over in the trade, and everybody looked at him as like, oh, yeah, I can't, they let Kelnick go, huh? Wow. Because I remember Service telling us about him and his yeah. workout and how crazy good it was and everything. So... Yeah, it's uh, he's he's been really um, a guy that we've talked about both good and bad in, in some ways. You know, <laughs> like he's just different, right? I mean, you again, he hasn't really played in any kind of system where you know you're playing uh, teams like something's on the line for mm-hmm. it or whatever. And then you know, because one of the one of the biggest I think sort of moments last year was. And it sounds stupid, but when he gets the, the Gatorade dumped on him by Ty France and gets angry. And somebody said, well, he was cold. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I'm not, that, that. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. That's but you just have to accept him for who he is. That That's the kind of player that you're going to get. And I tell you what, man, if people don't like him or whatever, I've, I, I thought he I liked everything I heard from him when he first came up. You know, I thought I thought it was great, and yeah, no problem there. And who cares if he frowns after he gets Gatorade dumped on him? If he's out there getting playing and solving a, a huge problem, yeah, for the Mariners, everybody's going to love Jared Kelnick. Yeah, and Jeff passing on with uh, Brock and Salk talking about it, uh, talking about the idea you give him a chance, but then in his opinion, feels like he's somebody you could trade at the deadline if for whatever reason it's not working out at that point. I, I think, by the way. This is the right thing to do. Jared Kelnick, remember, was supposed to be like the centerpiece of this, like the centerpiece. Before Julio emerged the way that he has, Kelnick was the guy. And so to not give him the opportunity every single day to go out there, you have enough surrounding him now to buttress it. Like if he fails, if this doesn't work, you can move him. And and you can feel good that you gave him the opportunity finally. Yeah, he's he's not wrong about giving him the opportunity. Maybe he is a guy that you know if it doesn't work, he finds success elsewhere. Who knows? But I, I guess my question would be if they are in a position where they feel like they're going to trade him because it's not working. What are you going to get back? What what's the appeal yeah. other than he's got the potential? You've seen it. He's young, but he's been given. You know, hundreds of at-bats, however many it's going to be by that point, and it still hasn't happened, or, or GMs across the league. I'm sure he would find a home. I'm sure there'd be a GM out there that would say, hey, we'll, we'll take a chance. We'll take a flyer. He's not making any money in baseball dollars. So, yeah, why not? But what are you, what are you getting back in return? Yeah. 
Good question. Not great question, Bob. <laughs> uh, the other thing, when I first heard it, I was like, well, they can trade for a left fielder. I didn't hear they're going to trade him to yeah. get a left fielder. And I don't know. I, I don't want that to happen. Because I'm afraid he's going to go somewhere else and, and be exactly the guy that we were told he's going to be. Would that would that keep anybody else from from trading him? No, I, mean, I think if you give him the opportunity, you know, whatever that number is, and everybody's going to have a different number in mind. But if you felt like, hey, man, they gave this guy a good run, they gave him a lot of opportunity and extra yeah. attention with hitting coaches and working out and what have you, and did everything they could to find success for him, and it just didn't click here. Yeah, it would stink to see him go elsewhere and turn into a masher. All of a sudden, he's a superstar. It'd make you wonder, well, why didn't that happen here? But we've always heard about it. Well, sometimes it's a change of scenery. Sometimes it just yeah, it you, doesn't click somewhere. You go somewhere, your history doesn't necessarily follow yeah. you. You've got a, a clean slate. Maybe it's too uh, things are too nice here for him. Maybe yeah. he needs to be on a team where everybody hates each other. And, <laughs> yeah, there's a different intensity. Or, yeah. You know, we've, t- we've heard it before. Maybe it's just that one voice. There's a coach mm-hmm. on a staff somewhere that says something that just clicks with him and, and makes sense in a way that it didn't hear. You, you never know. I mean, it, as long as he gets a run, as long as it's not somebody you look at and go, well, they they barely gave this guy a chance and they shipped him out of here. That's different. That's a good point. It, yeah. It, you know, you can only, how long should they hang on to any player and keep running them out there if they're, you know, maybe costing you, if they become a hole in the lineup and they're not producing, they're hurting the team. This is a team that is poised to be a playoff team consistently. You can't have somebody who's working against that, not intentionally, but just because they're not producing. So we'll see. Hopefully that's not anything we're dealing with, Dave. I'm with you. I hope it works out. Coming up, Roger Goodell said something today that should get everybody just a touch riled up. We're going to hear about that when we sweep the dial. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial. Every afternoon at 4.45 with Wyman and Bob. I thought Wyman didn't want to hear about uh, LeBron James and his scoring record. Known hater of LeBron, Dave Wyman. Now you just like Kareem better, right? I'm a what? Known hater of LeBron James. No, I don't hate, oh, I don't hate anybody, Mike. All right, well, you I'm might like this. all about love. You might like this. So <laughs> he, he broke the scoring record. Very strange. It, they immediately stopped the game. They had a ceremony right then. There were 10 seconds left in the third quarter, and they're just like, nope, that's it. We're going to honor you right here. Big video, speech, all that. So LeBron proceeded to express his gratitude by doing something you're not allowed to do on TV. I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help, all y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. And to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And um, I would never, ever, in a million years, uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, man, thank you guys. <laughs> okay, now I love him. <laughs> I think he drops the F-bomb there. Was That that was in the, the yeah. entire arena. Oh, the yeah, he was out on the floor. TNT, everyone yeah. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> everyone sees it. Yeah, I was. I, I was watching because I, I knew there was a chance the record would fall. So, yeah, um, it was. It was. It was pretty cool to see. It was pretty cool to see everybody celebrating and seeing just how much it meant to him, and and, and seeing Kareem standing there waiting. He was standing by. They, they had him prepped and ready to go, and handed him a ball to hand to him, and you know, just the post game interviews with Kareem and with with LeBron. It was. A, it was just a cool moment. I remember he was eighty nine points away three games ago, right? So he averages 30, 
And I wonder if they were all ready for number two in case he just exploded with a 45-point, you know, <laughs> game, uh, two games in a row there. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool moment there. Well, that's you, – yeah, you brought that up. We were talking about it when that came out because we are like, well, how much would you pay? Because it was yeah. supposed to be three games. It was this Tuesday night, and it did happen. That's right. So what were the seats paid? going yeah. for? Do you remember, Mike? Oh, I don't know, but it's an L.A. home game, so I'm sure they went for a ton yeah. last night. Sweeping the dial. All right, because it was a historic moment, we'll go back-to-back LeBron here. Shaq was interviewing him on the TNT broadcast after the game, and after some prodding by Shaq and not letting LeBron get away without an answer, LeBron finally admitted that he does think of himself as the greatest of all time now. Uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it, but it's great It's great barbershop call, uh, talk. Oh, you know, no, me, I, I, yeah, I want to hear you say listen, it, big Bron, fella, Bron. Listen, big fella, I, I, I want to hear you say it, Bron, Bron. Me personally, say it, Bron. I, I, me personally say it you know, with I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, decide who they who who their favorite is, but um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night and, and what I can what I can do out on this floor. So, um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game, but, you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their, uh, part of their journey. Shaq bullied him into it. He, he wanted no part. I was watching that live, and Shaq kept kept hitting him. Kept hitting him. Come on. Say what, what if he, like, say pushed Shaq and <laughs> started a fight? Well, it was over headsets. They were back in the studio, uh, so he wasn't there in person. That's too bad. But the funny thing is, after that, I don't know if you saw it, Mike, they asked Shaq, well, what if what if you broke that record, or how would you act? He goes, I'd have been arrogant about it. I said, I'm the greatest ever. Don't you ever mention another name again. <laughs> he was a, he, even when he's acting arrogant, it's funny. It just Shaq just makes me laugh. But he's he was like, oh, I would have been completely arrogant about it. And told him, don't ever mention another. Don't ever bring it up to me again. So it's kind of a different era thing, right? I mean, like we we heard this last week. Who was the who was the Tom Brady before Tom Brady? And Joe Montana. Yeah. And who was the guy that Dan Orlovsky? Orlovsky. I thought it was Pat McAfee with his tank top or something. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think there are lots of people that will say it's it's absolutely uh, Montana over mm-hmm. over Brady and same thing with Jordan, right? I mean, if yeah. you're from that era, yeah, Michael it, Jordan, it's, was, it's it's all subjective. There's not a you're wrong, you're right. It's who you agree with. And I was talking to Taylor about it, and we were talking about if you're just talking impact. It's Jordan. Jordan became a brand. He became a symbol. He became uh, one of those guys that transcends their sport so much to a point that there's people around the world that probably never even seen him hold a basketball that know who he is. He was like Pele. Yeah. He's like Tiger Woods. He's like, there are just certain, there are players that are great within their sport and well-known, but there are those that transcend their sport. Muhammad Ali, they transcend their sport to a point where many of the people that know who they are have never seen him perform. And that's that's who uh, LeBron or who Michael Jordan is. Sweeping the dial today at the Super Bowl. Roger Goodell had his uh, state of the NFL that he does every year at these Super Bowl events. And he was asked about the officiating. And would you be surprised to know that Roger Goodell was a fan of the officiating this year? When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any plate. Take that out or extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes. They are not perfect, and officiating never will. But we've also had 
obviously replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. Communications between our office, that is not the case in the championship game. That, That was stopped appropriately because the clock was running by an official on the field. That happens frequently in our game. That's not an unusual thing. I, I think huh? uh, here's what I think. Um, my gripe, I don't think, has ever been with the officials themselves. It's the things that the NFL has been implementing. Like they need to figure out the roughing the quarterback thing. It's it's ridiculous. They've kind of figured out the catch thing, right? I mean, that was the big thing. Yeah, for What's the most catch? part, there's still things you look at and go, "That come on, man, yeah. that's a catch," and they, it's ruled not. But it seems more consistent. The the inconsistency with the quarterback roughing the quarterback is maddening. Yeah, it, it's that part is terrible. But I, I'm sorry to say this. I'm I'm kind of with Roger on this. I mean, I, there are a ridiculous what number of plays like he said 42 I, my estimate was 35 to 40,000 you know it's it's 42 cuz we were talking about uh, Demar Hamlin mm-hmm. you know and um but yeah i think i think that's been become the big story has it not has that been the big story between the, the championship game and the super bowl cuz like the officiating is always a big story but every year it's something and this year you know whether it's Ray Lewis and the antler spray. Uh, that well, somebody thing. always seems to find a way to get in trouble. Yeah, somebody gets in trouble. Bear Robbins going off to Tijuana when the Raiders and the Bucks were in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that, those that, that's always the story. The officiating has kind of been that story. I, I think also, <laughs> kind of like my my theory about uh, MLB umpires and strikes, balls and strikes. I there is some drama. That goes along with complaining about officials, right? I mean, that you enjoy. 2005, <laughs> you know, the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. I was there watching that game in the stands, and yeah. I didn't hear a word they said on TV, and I had no idea that that was going to be until I went back and watched the the re, you how know, bad it was going to look. I didn't I didn't realize how bad it was. All right, coming up in hindsight, the Seahawks 2022 draft looks even better than we originally thought. We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.